When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Vicki Connor. And I'm Jamie Hale. You know, we're getting closer to 2024 and looking forward to another year of Pacific Northwest travel. And as we make our travel plans, we want to know all about the places that you want to see and all the things that you want to do. If you have any fun travel plans or questions about places to travel, let us know. On our upcoming New Year's episode, we'll be covering all of your great ideas as well as some travel ideas of our own. You can email your travel plans, dreams, and questions to podcasts at oregonian.com. But for now, on to this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. Tis officially the holiday season, and if you celebrate Christmas, there is a good chance you're on the hunt for a Christmas tree if you haven't gotten one already. That's right, Vicki. Count me as someone who has not gotten one already, but who has been meaning to do it. <laughs> So today we thought we'd go through the options you have to getting a Christmas tree in the region from the traditional to the uh, not so traditional. And Jamie, I personally grew up with an artificial tree. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I I was never uh, blessed to go through the tradition of going and cutting one down anywhere. However, my artificial tree that I grew up with was something like it was pretty dang tall. I want to say it was like close to 10 or 11 feet tall. <laughs> and boy, did we use that thing year after year? I think we <laughs> I think we had it for like 18 years straight. That's the benefit to those artificial trees is not having to worry about the hassle of getting one. We, I grew up with, you know, you go to the tree lot, you get a tree. That's my memory anyway. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. And part of it is like really kind of cool and romantic. You go get the tree someone ties it to the roof of your car, you know, you get the tree stand and the little tree skirt and you got to put the water in it and all this stuff. Um, But it's also a little bit of a hassle sometimes. So (laughs) I've got nothing against artificial tree people. But that said, we are in Oregon and this is like Christmas tree capital. Yeah, we are totally in Christmas tree capital. I was just doing some research to see because I always I always hear, you know, Oregon is the number one producer of Christmas trees. I'm like, is there another state like vi- is Washington vying for the spot? Like, have we ever been topped before? Uh, but it, yeah, it seems to be that Oregon is still the number one producer of Christmas trees. Yeah, drive out, you know, to Silverton or, you know, to Estacada or any of these areas and you'll see like all those Christmas tree farms with like the various sizes going out, you know, being grown for the various years. And I know it's always fun to see those cute, tiny little Christmas trees growing out there that, Uh you know, in a few years will be, you know, shipped off to Home Depots in Indiana or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And this year specifically, uh, my partner and I moved in together. And so 
obviously we're excited about that, but this was the first year that like we had a space that was big enough to have a Christmas tree. And so we were super pumped. And I was like, all right, this year, let's go to a farm and cut one down and, you know, decorate it, get all get all the stuff and do it right this year in a space that works for it. So I, I did my research of different farms in the area and I was just like inundated with options. I was overwhelmed oh by all of the options <laughs> around Portland. It was really hard to choose a farm out of all the, all the places that came up. So yeah, how do you go about doing that when you have like this you know, flood of choices. Um, what what kind what 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 aspects of this were you looking for? What what qualities of a tree farm were you considering? So I wanted one that, you know, in addition to getting your tree had like other fun and festive things, either like hot chocolate or like other like a little gift shop you could buy stuff at, or maybe Santa's coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I'm researching, I'm like, oh, this farm out toward like Hood River area, you get an incredible view of Mount Hood with the Christmas trees mm. in the foreground. Like how magical does that sound? But then as we, you know, chose our date to go out, which was actually December 1st, uh, the forecast was looking a little iffy and I'm like, we're going to drive out there and not be able to see Mount Hood at all. And <laughs> if that's the main purpose, we're going there. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. The farm we ended up going to, I chose it specifically because they were going to have a hot dog stand at the <laughs> farm this year. <laughs> not any old hot dog stand either. It was like a hot dog infused with maple on a stick and you know what? some crazy flavor. <laughs> I don't when I think about Christmas trees, I don't usually think about hot dogs, but I as you're talking about it, I'm into this. I want to hear I do want to hear more about the trees, but I do want to hear more <laughs> about the hot dog as well. It might be a letdown of a story. I'm gonna prepare you, Jamie. Oh, no. But so I I was just like going through website after website of Christmas tree farms. And I landed upon one in Hillsborough called Furrow Farm. Um, and it's like a third generation Christmas tree farm. And originally they harvested hazelnuts at this farm and it's evolved over the years. There's like uh, livestock at this farm and it's just like acres upon acres. So I really wanted that experience of like going out onto the land and kind of like wandering through rows of trees to find the favorite one. So we drove out to Hillsboro and we got there and they have a whole section of pre-cut trees. So if you cut is not what you're looking for, they had a ton of options there. Um, And then you could also just drive out to the different rows of trees that were you cut and each section is divided up you got your noble firs you got your nordman firs grand firs and douglas firs and they're all kind of organized so choose whichever one you want and then nick was very excited to get his handsaw <laughs> that they have for you to borrow and <laughs> just get out there I personally was in the mindset of like, you know, we don't need like the most perfect one. You a unique one with a little some bald spots, maybe a weird top. Like it gives it character. This man was set <laughs> on finding his perfect Christmas tree. And I have never seen this determination in his eye. I was a little scared, frankly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were just wandering. At this point, unfortunately. After arriving, we find out 
the hot dog stand was not there <sighs> because it was a Friday. And I think it was like Saturdays and Sundays only. Oh, what a bummer. So as we're wandering through these trees, I think we're both getting a little hangry. Mm. The tension's getting a little high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hasn't found his perfectly filled out tree. But eventually, we do find a great one. And let me tell you, it was a noble fir that was like super thick and just so filled out. It wasn't as tall as he wanted. He did bring a measuring tape to of course. Uh, see which ones <laughs> would fit properly in our home. But we found a great one nonetheless. And uh, he went ahead, cut that thing down. It was a true workout, I think. And what's great about this farm is that they have employees that will um, come by because the farm is so large. They have employees that will come by on an ATV with like a truck bed attached to the back and they'll put the tree on there so you're not lugging it all the way across the farm. And um, they'll basically bring you over to a baling station, which like zoops the tree all together, (laughs) makes it all nice and compact so you can transport it easily and they have the twine around it. And then they'll bring it over to your car and put it on top. And it was just like a Christmas dream experience for first time for me going to a Christmas tree farm. Really sounds like everything went so well, except for the lack of hot dog. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They were very apologetic about it. I think they saw the disappointment in my eye when they said it wasn't. Did you go get food somewhere else after like on the way home? I did. And listen, if you're listening to this (laughs) and you're about to hear me say that I went to a corn dog place afterwards. (laughs) Sometimes when you really have your mind set on this, you know, I don't eat hot dogs every day or anything, but sometimes (laughs) you just want one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So there's a Korean corn dog spot that's nearby. So that's great. Yeah. We went there. Nothing wrong with that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But yeah, it's nice Uh, at this farm. They also have like little ornaments you can buy, which is nice. They also have like fresh wreaths and also like garland, hazelnuts, stuff like that, which is a nice little touch at the end you can buy as you're checking out. I had a great time at Furrow Farm, but I'm sure that they are just, you know, you'll have a great time wherever you go. And I'm sure there are other farms that have plenty of extras too, and maybe even a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. How, how much did your Christmas tree ultimately cost? Because I know that Christmas tree cost is a big discussion. Yeah. So at Furrow Farm, Douglas fir trees were $10 a foot and Noble fir, Grand fir, and Nordman fir were $12 per foot. So we ended up paying 75 for our noble fur. So it was about like six feet and some change. We were, we were happy with the 75. So maybe we didn't need the tree that fit perfectly touching the ceiling of our place. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know that trees have increased in price over the years for sure. I was just reading something that like the average price of a real tree in 2013 was like $35. So kind of crazy. Yeah. I I was just reading something about 2023. They're like, you know, something like 80 or $90 is the average price for a tree these days. So 75, a little bit less than that. So you you are getting a little bit of a discount by cutting it down yourself. Um, but not, not a huge one, but it seems like what you're paying for too, there is the experience of going out there, being there, you know, having all, you know, having someone tie it up to your car, all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, scale of one to 10, how would you rank 
this experience of getting your tree cut this way? I would rate it an eight and a half out of 10. Very good. That's very high. Yeah. 1.5 points deducted for lack of hot dogs. And uh, <laughs> maybe it would have been nice to like, I know that they also offer like hay, hay rides um, or like a little train type thing going through the farm. And again, that's like a weekend amenity, hot cocoa, another thing on the weekends. So if you're looking for all those extras, I would suggest going on a weekend, but it like, it really wasn't crowded or anything on our Friday and it was pretty early on in the month. So it was very chill and it didn't feel like we were fighting with anyone for a specific tree. It was pretty relaxing and it was also nice that the weather held out and it, it, it didn't rain a single drop while we were out there. So stayed nice and dry. Oh, I bet those uh, Yukut fields are muddy right now after that yeah. atmospheric river that came through. Bring your boots, that is for uh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Yukut, obviously a very popular way to do it. I've I've never done the Yukut farm personally. It It's something that a lot of people do, obviously very popular here in Oregon and other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had the pleasure. I, I have done the get your $5 permit go out into the woods and do it yourself. I That's a different kind of U-cut that I have done. Um, I haven't done it this year. I did it just once. Um, this was back in, I want to say 2018 or so, where I was living in a shared house with a couple people, a couple mm-hmm. friends. And the three of us just on a whim were like, we got, we got to do a Christmas tree this year. And, you know, doing this job, I was like, well, you know, we can get these cheap permits and go out into the, into the national forest and, yeah. and do it that way. And they were like, let's go. So we like took my little Subaru Impreza out to Estacada. And <laughs> these days you can do the permit online. They've made that, you know, a possibility, which is really nice. So back then um, you couldn't. So we had to go to like a little like fishing shop in Estacada um, where like, you know, the, the guy, you know, you, you go to the counter, where you can buy bait or whatever uh, beer. And he sold us a, a permit for five bucks and, you know, told us like, you know, here are some places you can go do it. And there's all kinds of requirements you have when you are going, when you're getting a tree. So you can only cut them in certain places. You can't just like go to like, you know, the, your favorite wilderness trail and like step off the trail and go cut down a tree. It's not yeah. like that. Um, most of the time you're going to end up in like log logging lands, um, areas that have been logged where you're, you're going to have a lot of like scrappy little young trees. And that's the kind of stuff you want to cut down. Um, so there's all these rules about like how close a tree is to another tree, um, how tall it is. Um, you have to cut it leaving a certain amount of stump remaining. All this, all this information you get when you purchase one of these Forest Service permits to harvest a Christmas tree. Um, but So we went out there and we ended up driving down some like, you know, logging roads out there in the Mounted National Forest outside of Cicada, just like looking and waiting to see, you know, where, where are we going to find some little trees, like a, a bunch of little trees we can, we can sort of pick from. And eventually ended up just like pulling off, you know, on this like little like gravel, muddy gravel pullout, uh, making sure to leave room because logging trucks might come through. Um, and uh, like climbed down a muddy hillside. We had bought like a little handsaw just for this purpose. Um, which I still have. I've used it like twice since then. Um, really nice to have. You never know. And you can use a little handsaw. We got our little handsaw and our, our boots and we, 
you know, tromp down this muddy hillside and looked around and found like, I mean, truly the opposite of what you're going to find at a Yukov farm. Like if you go into the forest like this with a mindset of I'm going to find the perfect tree, you're going to walk away empty handed. There's just not, <laughs> there's not beautiful, full, lush trees that have been like, you know, genetically modified and grown specifically for this purpose. They don't, these are like the scrappiest little upstarts, um, bald spots galore, weird little branches, funny leans. I mean, it's, I love it personally. I think it's great. But I mean, you really have to lower your expectations for this kind of Christmas tree harvesting. And we found, you know, one that worked for us that was like the right size and everything and cut it down. And, you know, unlike the experience of having someone, you know, zoop it into a little tube and tie it to your car, we just like <laughs> dragged it up the hillside. And I had like put a, a tarp down in the back of my car and because there were like three of us. It was kind of like a like, you know, the the trunk was kind of in this weird shape where you couldn't like fit it all the way. And I had to go at a weird angle. So we had a tarp down and we kind of like maneuvered the tree into the car where it was like point, it like reached really all the way up to like the gear shifter. Um, you know, it was, and the person in the backseat like had their arm around it and it was like in their face. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I probably could have tied it to the top of the car, but I just didn't, I didn't have like the right materials. I bought a saw, but I didn't think about tying it to the top. And I thought it'll probably be fine. And you know what it was? It was fine. And I would do it again. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, drove off, carted it up, carted it back home and set it up in our house. And it's, I, I love like, I love the character of these weird little trees. Like it had like one long branch that like, like stuck way farther out than the others that like we could have trimmed up if we wanted to, but we didn't. Um, it just like stuck out into like, you know, the area and you had to kind of walk around it, um, you know, and just like the having like, you know, ornaments and these, these dumb little shaky branches is just so fun. I love it. You know, it, it's like a, a, a big Charlie Brown Christmas tree where it's a little sad, but it's like robust and also, <laughs> you know, I was just about to say, you know, when we're talking about these trees, they are like the Charlie Brown Christmas trees. And I think it's I think it's really special. You know, like this is mm -hmm. when you're putting an ornament on, you're like, is this branch just going to snap by putting this <laughs> tiny little ornament on? Who knows? But we're going to find out. Um, yeah. I, this is also something that I've been wanting to do since moving to Oregon. And I love that you have this story from 2018. And it's probably like a story you probably will not forget either. What were the qualifications for this specific tree that you chose out of the other ones? I mean, it was, they were, there weren't, there were not a lot. It, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, how far is it from the road? Um, you know, aside from all the qualifications you have to do, like how close is it to yes. other trees and all yeah. that stuff? How tall is it? It was just like, how easy is it going to be to get this out of here? You know, <laughs> like we didn't want to go on a huge hike into like the, the forest. Um, which you can do, but you also hear stories about people getting lost while doing that. Um, and you know, you, you have to like, they, you can't cut trees so close to a trail. You have to go farther off. So like, you know, if you want to do it safely, it's easier just to do it along these logging roads. Um, but then it's, it's, a, it's also a pain. This isn't an area that's like been, you know, um, ha that's had trails cut into it 
there weren't like easy ways to get back. So we, we really just wanted to do it as safely as possible and as easily as possible too. My, my housemates at the time were not like the most outdoorsy people. They were like down to do this, but they're not the kind of people who had like proper footwear, emergency supplies. They weren't the ones who were like, let's go out into the woods and do this. They were like um, the ones who would say like, let's go out into the woods and do this. And then they would be on the news the next day, you know? So I was like trying to like, trying to keep everyone safe and everyone happy uh, and yeah. do this as like easily and safely as possible. So just looking at um, the Forest Service website, it looks like five trees per household max. That's your annual <laughs> limit. <laughs> if you need more than five trees, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you. If you got to have more than five trees, that's, that's, that's a little too extra. Maximum 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. So if yep. you're going out there with a big truck or something, must be growing within 12 feet of another tree. You have to cut down the entire tree, leaving a stump no more than six inches from the ground. No cutting within 100 feet of any highway or in a wilderness, a recreation area, or trails, and uh, or within active timber sales. So that's like the low-down basics that they're telling you. And then it looks like you can get into the nitty-gritty of all the guidelines with this tree permit. But exactly. do you think that you will do this this year, Jamie? Or what are you thinking for your Christmas tree? Boy, I don't know. You know, um, we've talked about it. Um, I, I think the... It's feeling a little inconvenient mm. is the thing. It's yeah. cheap. That's that's the thing. You're talking about five. The permits are five dollars plus two fifty for the service fee, and you're doing it online. So that's seven fifty, which is what ten times cheaper than the tree that you got <laughs> at the Yukat Farm, right? That's. I mean, you're paying for some gas to get out there, of course. Um, but it's just you know, it's the time, it's the effort. Um, what we're looking at doing is maybe just going to there's a tree lot down that down the street from us on division in Portland that is like a fundraiser for a local preschool. Um, so I feel like, you know, if we're going to pay money for a tree, I'd love to do it for a fundraiser mm-hmm. um, and just go find a scrappy little tree there that nobody wants. Um, I love those trees. I think they're more real. I feel like, yeah, like they've they've got the character and it makes me feel like, uh, you know, um, someone living in like, you know, the, the the wilderness in, you know, 500 years ago or something like going off and getting a scrappy little tree. Not one of these farmed ones, but one of these like scrappy forest trees. Um, I like the romance of that. So I think that, that's kind of what I'm thinking this year. But I, I'm i a big proponent of doing the, the, the tree permits this way. Um, it, it's just it's a nice way to go out into the woods, too, and and uh, bring a little bit of that back to your home. I feel like it's it's something special just to do in this region too. So there are plenty of options, that is for sure, this year in getting your Christmas tree. That's right. Well, we've talked about Yukut Farms. You've talked about the forest. I mean, obviously too, um, you know, you've got these various tree lots around everywhere. Um, I saw someone just on their property on Mount Hood just selling trees that they probably just went into the, they probably got their $5 permit and cut five trees and they just were like selling them which is always an option too it was like you know you probably get them cheap that way um and then obviously you can go to your local grocery store your fred meyer your home depot or whatever um that's where you're going to get your 80 90 trees um but that's of course always an option for folks too um a little less romantic 
than going to a fun farm or to the forest, but you can definitely do that as well. I was looking up the most sustainable Christmas tree options because obviously, you know, you got your artificial, you got your U-cut or your farms, and then it was like, if you want the most sustainable option, consider just decorating a tree in your front yard. Uh, so... <laughs> You want like a, a sure. no harm option, you know, you could go that way. Put some lights on a planted tree inside your home. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You can decorate your Monstera. That's always an option. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course they have those potted trees you can do. The idea is you decorate it and then you go plant it in your yard. If you have a yard, um, that's an option. A, a lot, a lot of ways to, to do a tree. I'm quite I'm quite happy with the the turnout of this this year's tree. Also be sure if you are cutting one down, make sure you're watering that tree, keeping it nice and hydrated those first two days especially so. Um and yeah, don't want any fire risks in your home either. No. Yeah, make yeah, make sure it's happy, healthy. If you buy one that's already cut, you got to make a fresh cut or ask them to make a fresh cut on there for you before you take it home. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise that cut will keel over and it's not going to drink water as well. Um, these are things I learned from doing stories about Christmas tree industry, all those tips and tricks. Yes. Um, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead and get yourself an Oregon Christmas tree for the year. Um, great way to, to bring some of the forest into your house. Absolutely. And I can tell you that this tree has been smelling so amazing. I just feel like I'm in the middle of a forest every time I walk through my front door oh. and it brings immense joy. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to get one in in our apartment here. Yeah. Well, folks, that will do it for today. Until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.